What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nitha. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We are just a couple of artsy bitch people and learning about what makes art good and how to talk about it and why to talk about it and when to talk about it. And that's <laughs> that. Um, how are you, Nitha? What's going on? What are you snacking on? This is our second recording attempt. <laughs> yes, so we we tried to record yesterday, and if you're listening to us on the week we release, some things may have happened at the Capitol building. The coup. <laughs> the coup. Um. So we were like, this feels ethically irresponsible to try to record a podcast in the middle of a coup. So we all just turned off the Zoom call and watched the news. But yeah, it's Thursday now, and we're just we're just I don't know. Vibing. We're, just, we're just vibing we're vibing what's the meme like mitch mcconnell's like like worst person you know says something right just like statistically mitch mcconnell was bound to get one thing right so like a broken clock is right twice a day or twice whatever. a day yeah yeah mm-hmm. yikes anyway before the coup i was consuming a lot of media but i watched bridgerton because everyone on twitter wouldn't shut oh. the fuck up about bridgerton so I watched it. I don't want to cover it on the podcast because it's just, like, so much. It's, like, such... It's really just dumb. But I might write an article about it. Is it good? It's, uh, you know, it's as good as Shonda Rhimes' worst episode of TV. Oh! Like, like imagine, like, your least favorite episode of, like, Grey's Anatomy or Scandal or something, and it's, like, probably about that good. Okay. Yeah, it's, like, fine. I know I've liked a lot of Shonda Rhimes stuff because it's, like, bingeable and it's, like, stupid and you're, like, oh, I'm just obsessed with whether or not Olivia Pope is gonna, like, fuck the president again, you know? But, like, it's fine. I just think it's funny that, like, once <laughs> was elected, bleep that. Shonda Rhimes was, like, scandal can't go on anymore. Like, there's nothing else I can write. <laughs> there's nothing I can write that's worse than this, so we need to end this show. The other things I've been snacking on, oh my god, the sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep, the movie directed by Mike Flanagan, who did Hill House and Bly Manor. It's so fucking good. I watched that movie and then was, like, reeling for hours afterwards. It's it's so good. Like, I don't know really? how, yeah, like, I don't know how Mike Flanagan did it, but he was able to balance, like, everything Stephen King hated about The Shining because he doesn't like The Shining movie. Mike Flanagan was able to, like, make the fans of the Kubrick movie happy and then also make Stephen King happy, which is, like, insane. Like, I, I've i never seen a sequel that I was like, wow, that was incredibly satisfying and I have no questions and that, like, did what it needed to do and, like, expanded on the original in a way that, like, makes both of them better. That's exciting. I Yeah, Mike Flanagan... I'm claiming it now. One day I will work for Mike Flanagan. Oh. I'm claiming it. I would like to work for that man. Because the horror movies he makes are amazing. Michael. Yes. My Irish king. Sir Michael Flanagan. Gaia, what are you snacking on? (laughs) I mean, I'm moving in like one day. So I'm kind of like emotionally preparing for that. So I've been watching Black Sails, which is the gay pirate show from Stars. I've not heard of this. Have you not heard of it? Rowan Ellis. She does like a lot of videos on like queer baiting and stuff. And like honestly, her work is like really good for people who are kind of new to like what is queer baiting and like queer, like new to queer history and like kind of don't really know what the haze code is. Um, mm. But like I, I sometimes find it a little bit too like, like surface level. But she released an episode and she was like, this is why Black Sails is like infinitely better than Game of Thrones. And I've been looking, I've been on the hunt for a new hyperfixation mm. for a couple a couple weeks now. And so I'm watching it. It's kind of interesting. It's got pirates. It's got, like, there's a lot of cool anti-British, anti-capitalist sentiment. Um, oh, I love that. And there's a that. lot of, like, there's, like, a really significant sex worker who's a lead. And, like, her being a sex worker is, like, not, like frowned upon like she has like a lot of power because she's a sex worker and that's really cool and so i'm having a good time so far they could ease off on the (laughs) but who couldn't but who couldn't and so i've been watching this like pirate show and i've been darning all my sweaters and socks that have holes in them like a little old lady that's so cute so i sit there with my little needle and thread and i patch my sweaters while watching pirates beat each other up (laughs) 
That's so adorable. In case you guys are wondering what I'm like. <laughs> Part of sustainability is mending instead of destroying. That's so cute. Do you want to do the road map? Must you even ask? I must I, I love ask. the road map. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Bitch Why. Uh, if you're new here or if you're not, uh, all of our episodes are made up of four parts. They always will be, except for that one time we covered Taylor Swift. Yikes. Bitch what? An introduction to what we're talking about. Bitch how? Uh, a technical rundown of how it succeeds and fails as a piece of art. Bitch time. Three minutes of our of our dumb brains fully taking over and flowing through our mouths like good wine. I don't know. Like wine from a black box. And then finally, bitch why? A sum up of the implications and why anything we say matters, why any of the art we make matters, why any of the art other people makes matters, and the bitch meter, which is a little diversity score meter that we learned math. Beautiful. There are four bottles of wine in a single black box. Stop spending your money on bottles of wine. (laughs) Are you on the last bottle of wine in your black box currently? You good? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm drinking some nice peach tea. Peach tea? Folks, it's time for Bitch What? It's time for Bitch What? When we asked ourselves, what, what are, are we, we covering this covering? week? Speaking of what? Wonder Woman 1984! That was a great segue. It's almost <laughs> like we have writers. We don't. <laughs> just this good oh it's almost like we're writers or whatever what is wonder woman 1984 it's the sequel to the first wonder woman yeah can i actually disclose something yeah disclose it i've never seen the first one oh what the fuck oh this is gonna be funny so like any like any like references to the first wonder woman that were meant to be like fan service or like bring the two movies together Blew right over my head. the The story is is that my family went and saw Wonder Woman while I was at work being harassed by men. Oh, <laughs> and then I never saw it. <laughs> anyway, how did you come across Wonder Woman? Uh, I don't know. I read comic books when I was little. Um, the this entire like DC go of movies are just really bad. But the first Wonder Woman was, like, a shining beacon. Like, I remember when the first Wonder Woman came out and everyone was like, oh, fuck, you guys, this one's actually good. Maybe it's because it's directed by a woman and, like, um, all the shots of her aren't sexualized. Like, in the first one, it was, like, really... You could tell that the camera, like, wasn't doing that, like, male gaze thing. I haven't seen it since I, like, watched it years ago, so I wonder if it holds up. I liked the first one... The only other thing that I've liked that came out of this, like, DC thing is the Harley Quinn movie, because that one's sick. Birds of Prey. Yeah, and it's also I haven't seen that directed either. by a woman, so that makes sense on why it's... Was this one directed by a woman? Yeah, she directed it again. Okay. Which is, like, weird, because I don't know why this one was so much worse. Sometimes things aren't as good. Yeah, and also because it was, like, brightly colored, too, and the rest of these, like, Zack Snyder ones were, like, very dark and gloomy, and you're like, ooh, like, ooh. So this one felt, like, nice and bright and lovely, and then the second one came out, and I mm, have feelings. The trailer for the 1984 one is so cool because the music is really dope, but that's it, that's it, that's all. Um, How'd you come across Wonder Woman 1984 specifically? My dad wanted to watch it, and me and my siblings all shot him down, and we watched Tangerine instead. <laughs> I'm not. I I I've read comic. I read some comic books in like middle school, early high school, and like had a great time. But I was never really a DC person. I've always been like really put off by the Joker and Harley Quinn, like as characters. Mm. Like that whole concept, like really like grosses me out. Like the weird mental illness fetishization thing. Yeah, I will say Harley Quinn is at her best when she's not dating the Joker. Like, in the comics and in the TV show that's, that people love, um, she's so much more fun when she's, like, either surrounded by other women or, like, on her own. Yeah, like, I bet. I think it's lazy uh, character building, like, mm-hmm. that a character is just really crazy. And then, like, Wonder Woman and Superman all, always seem kind of, like, uninteresting to me. So, like... I'm, like, 
like this is to say that I'm kind of like a Marvel bitch but I'm not a Marvel bitch either because I kind of now have grown to a point where I hate superhero movies as a whole so this is really fun for me to pop in and give my two cents on Wonder Woman I I'm not like mad at people who like superhero movies anyone should like whatever they want to like unless it's racist yeah or sexist or homophobic or evil um yeah there's this really good uh youtuber i think his it's the cosmonaut variety hour and he does really good video essays on like why there's never been like a really good film or show adaptation of superman or even wonder woman for that matter like because they seem so invincible the thing that humanizes them is their real interpersonal relationships and if you don't do their interpersonal relationships right like with lois lane or with steve trevor like it, they're not interesting and i think this movie also suffers from that is like i don't care about gal gadot's like she's just such a bad actor but like it's hard to make superman not like a christ like figure so that's what ends up happening and then you're like this man is so boring and he's not in the comics he's actually quite interesting and he's got like a really deep interpersonal life and he's got a job that he really likes and like a girlfriend and it's like it's just more interesting i hate that i'm defending like comic books and like no it's whatever. fine like good, but yeah good for you for liking comic books they're just more fun i think you can expand on the universe in a way that's like it's like fan fiction there's like something to be said for comic books and, and a lot of people really love them like i really like the x-men universe i think that's a really cool universe to like play around in um did you watch watchmen the new watchmen no i've Ooh, heard you gotta watch that so, so the, that's, I guess, just, like, where I'm coming from, like, watching this movie. I, like, started out as, like, really excited about every superhero movie, um, and then have gotten progressively more jaded until today in the year of our Lord 2021. I do think, like, there's something to be said, like, when you're, I don't know if you experienced this, like, when I was, like, a young teenager and, like, adolescent, I really wanted to be into comic books because I, like, really wanted to, like, eschew femininity and I, like, wanted to mm. fit in with men. And, like, if I liked comic books, like, it proved that I was, like, actually, like, worthy of like, interacting with or, like, intellectual debates. And, like, I couldn't just be, like, shut out of places just because, like, I hadn't read the comic books or whatever. And since then... I've become more of, like, a freewheeling nobody when it comes to my interests and, like, don't really care. But um, I do think that, like, really influenced me as, like, an early fan of superheroes and is probably part of the reason why I no longer am that excited about them. That's why I traded Pokemon cards in elementary school. Yeah. It's because I just wanted to be associated with not feminine things. Yeah, I just wanted to hang out with the boys. It's funny. This is now a completely different thing. You know that video essay about the Big Bang Theory that we were talking about? Where yes. it's like the, that like, the toxic masculinity, but like with the Big Bang Theory or something. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the exact title, but I'll put it in the show notes. Interesting to watch, like, when that show first came out, it was like nerdy and not cool to like be in into those things. And then like, as the show progressed and like, or reason why the show doesn't work anymore is because now everyone likes Marvel movies and everyone likes um, superheroes and everyone likes Star Wars like and I think people always liked those things but it's just now in the mainstream in a way that's like white man can't claim like being bullied for being a nerd anymore but you still have those like bros from the 80s who like who grew up in the 80s and were like I got bullied for like going to stand in line for the new Star Wars movie and it's like fuck off bro like shut up like and I think like specifically like white men love to gatekeep this stuff so like even after 1984 came out everyone like there's still articles out there circulating of like here's what wonder woman 1984 gets wrong about the wing thing she comes in at the end and it's like i don't give a fuck bro they can change stuff from the comic books because if they just adapt the comic book exactly like what's the point should i explain the plot yeah tell us what happens <laughs> okay i barely know what happens i remember what happens should i yes okay i was just not gonna use any of the characters i don't know the names i was just gonna say yeah it's fine. Is it Kirsten Dunst? <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> it's Kristen Wiig. <laughs> Kristen Wiig. You gotta keep that in there. <laughs> I don't know. The differences so between good. the Kristens and the Kirsten. Like 
it's just funny because it's like the Chris Evans, Chris, Chris. Pine, oh my God, Chris, the Chris's and, and the Christians. Like, Christians, yeah, like that's really <gasps> that's fucked me up now because you've got Kristen Stewart, Kristen Bell, Kirsten Dunst, Kristen, Kristen Wig. I'm a walking IMDb. That's I don't. Really I'm not. I don't know the yeah. difference between that's why, Kirsten Dunst that's why and this, Kristen. That's Wick. why this works. This uh, work. Okay, do it. Just so, um, it. okay, so Wonder Woman. It, it's night. It's the eighties. Um, we <laughs> lights up. Wonder Woman alone in her apartment. She's kind of well. No, actually. So Wonder Woman is like freewheeling through the city, um, saving people, stopping things, and then we see her back in her apartment, and she's like, "I'm lonely." Then she goes to work at her job at the Smithsonian, where she's an anthropologist, and she meets Kristen Wig. Wig. Who's this kind of like, uh, like nerdy lady? And as they meet, Kristen Wig is asked to identify this mysterious rock. And at first, she's like, "This rock is nothing useless, dumb." And then. Gal Gadot's like, oh, I can read Latin. And so she reads it and it says something about wishes. And we start to find out that whenever someone makes a wish while holding this rock, their wish comes true. Whoa. So um, Kristen Wiig wishes to become sexy and powerful like Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot mm-hmm. wishes that she had her goth BF. What's his name? Steve Chris Trevor. Pine. Yeah. Oh yes. my God. The Chris, the Chris epidemic in this movie. Unparalleled. <laughs> Um, and eventually this oil tycoon man, uh, Pedro Pascal comes in, (laughs) comes in and he steals, he seduces Kristen Wiig, steals the little gem thing and, and wishes to become the gem. And he uses this to kind of like start taking over the world. And we find out that when you make a wish, there's also like a, like a horrible price you have to pay. You lose your most like valuable thing so wonder woman loses her powers and Kristen wig loses her humanity and shenanigans ensue they come close to nuclear destruction and then nothing happens wonder woman saves the day yeah and then with she like looks into the camera weird she's like no (laughs) there's like a weird moment where they're like this is 2020 and we have to talk about the fact that we're making this in 2020 the worst year ever made I hate um, that. I hate that. And they're like, scene. the truth is it. important. It's more important yeah. than anything. And I was like, is this that one New York Times ad? Is this the Imagine video? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like the Imagine video. I thought about the Imagine video during that. Yeah, um, anyway, that's what happens in so Wonder much. Woman 1984. Um, you don't have to watch it if you don't want. Really, you, can you if don't. You want to, but you don't have to. I wouldn't get an HBO Max subscription. No. It's time for Bitch How. Bitch How. Yay! How does it succeed and fail artistically as a thing? How does it succeed? I think there's some fun costuming moments. Yeah. Let's go with the, the successes. Like the, Let's be well, positive. Well, okay. I think, like, a lot of that is this, like, 80s nostalgia thing that we yeah. we're, we were in. Like, when she was in the mall, I was like, wow, I love Stranger Things season three. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was, I was like, kind literally. Of, like, very, like, aware of the fact they were kind of trying to play into the 80s nostalgia, and it almost felt, like, a little bit, like, behind that craze. Like, it feels like we're kind of done with 80s nostalgia. Yeah. We're in the 30-year... Yeah, we moved past the 30-year cycle for you. Yeah, so now it should be we're 90s. in the 90s. Which makes sense, because the trends in fashion that I've seen right now are very 90s. Grunge is really coming, coming grunge back is with a vengeance. In. And honestly, that's a good thing. I'm here for Pro it. Pro-grunge. I think we'll, we're gonna get, and also even Stranger Things, as it continues, they're gonna get into the 90s. Yeah. No? I mean, like I think they probably, the I bet they timed it so they would get into the 90s right in time for the 20s. I hate that shit. That's I bet so, they would. That's so scary. I bet then next season they're going to be like, it's the 90s now. We wear hoodies and we can no longer hide the fact that Finn Wolford went through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be like one of those skinny, like, uh, he probably listens to like Nirvana. Good for him. <laughs> Finn Good Wolford. For him. Good for you, Finn Wolfhard. Um, he's like, yeah, I love Heart Shaped Box, my favorite song. A mosquito, <laughs> my libido, yeah. <laughs> Kurt Cobain was actually a really good person. 
And Courtney Love is a cool person, too. I watched this movie with and we both were, like, cackling the entire time just because it's so, this movie is so bad. Like, and compared to the first one, which does a lot good, like, it does a lot well, it's just confusing how this movie made such a leap backwards. Wonder Woman actually had interesting motivations, and this one, it's just all about Steve Trevor, and which was, what was interesting in the first one is that she doesn't really even give a fuck about him until like maybe halfway through the movie and then he dies in a, in the same way Captain America died again okay here's the other thing we've already seen this story of like person out of time and then their lover comes back and then they have a lot of like it's Captain America it. it's Captain America we already saw this and like Captain America already did it well except for the end where he ends up with Peggy Carter he should have ended up with Bucky anyway this is just straight stucky like this is straight this is stucky. stucky it's straight stucky i mean like and we've it's been like new. not good yeah and it's like boring the heteros are allowed to have canon stucky as a treat yeah and also gal gadot is a bad actor she's just bad like i don't care about her like I at mean, all she's just not good at what she's doing I don't know. She's just pretty. She's just pretty. Some major issues that I had with this movie. There was a lot of kind of like, like boring 2016 feminism messaging about like men harassing women. Um, Mm -hmm. And I found that boring. Uh, It's kind of interesting. It's kind of like a, a, like a tentacle of the gay marriage phenomenon. Which is that like, there's been a lot of like movies and TV shows and media that have come out like kind of more recently, like very much post Me Too that have been kind of addressing concerns of Me Too, but like mm-hmm. conversations about feminism have been getting like so much more complicated since Me Too that like watching it happen is like really like, yeah, we get it. And it's kind of like the movies expect you to like be like, wow, like they're really like covering my experience as a woman, but it's such, like, a stale take that it feels just, like, it just kind of dates the movie. Like, like yeah. this whole thing where, like, about, like, catcalling. Like, there's this kind of, like, general thing about catcalling and, like, men coming up to beautiful women and, like, being annoying to them. Mm-hmm. What's weird, though, is then when Kristen Wiig becomes, well, she doesn't become Cheetah until, like, the very end, but she slowly gets powers and then gets prettier and then gets more male attention and then... When that same guy who harassed her um, comes up to her again, she, like, almost murders him. And then the homeless man that she gives, like, food to all the time goes, like, what did you just do? Like, she gets demonized then for retaliating, which is, like, weird messaging. And she becomes the villain after being a victim. And I'm just, I'm like, are we not past this? It's like, it's like, ooh, harassment. Like, women experience harassment. Aren't we, like progressive like this is a movie that stars a woman and so we're gonna like talk about and the villain is also a woman and, and so we're gonna talk about women. like sexual harassment in this movie but it's like such a um a unifaceted view on like harassment on like sexism in the workplace that it was it, it just kind of like ticked me off the whole time like it was just kind of like an itch the whole movie i was like oh really like like this is, like, the third female-starring superhero movie that's ever been made. Yeah. And, like, compared to the way Black Panther tackles racism in such, like, a nuanced and interesting and, mm-hmm. like, really, like, makes you ask questions that, like, maybe you weren't asking or maybe you were, but it, like, is exploring them in an interesting way. That take on, like, being, like, look, we're, we're elevating people of color and women to, like, centralized roles in film and now we're, like, going to tackle the issues they face in, like, an interesting way. Compared to that... This like yeah. like look sexism. <laughs> I feel like this so... movie wanted to be like, what if what if bombshell but Wonder Woman? Yeah, but it like <laughs> really missed the mark on both bombshell and Wonder Woman. And I think it's also the problem of the time period of like, I feel like anytime we go back in the past in movies when they show something like racism or sexism or homophobia, they have to make it really the most intense most explicit version of that yeah when really like 
just make a fucking superhero movie with a woman in it and maybe she doesn't have to like maybe we don't have to address that she's a woman every five seconds but and also like like if they are gonna address her being a woman like she never really experiences sexism in a way that's like debilitating the way sexism can be debilitating in yeah. things like the sciences which they're that which wonder woman's right working it's in, like, and am like, i to expect that she never dealt with anything because she's just pretty like can you imagine like a media figure in the 80s like wonder woman being totally taken at face value and being like yeah she's just like this really great hero but like yeah. everyone in the movie is like yeah like everyone just like believes in wonder woman i'm like well you're like you're okay with like addressing sexism in like kind of a catcalling way but you're not going to talk about the way sexism would have like been a challenge for her relationship with the media or like her ability to succeed as a scientist you're not going to talk about any of those things and it's totally yeah. it totally goes back to the same thing it always goes back to which is the the pervasive idea that racism and sexism and heterosexism and all of the isms are the problems of individual assholes and not systemic mm-hmm. issues because nobody wants to yeah. think about systemic issues they only want to think about individual assholes and like obviously like that didn't have to be a part of that movie but since they introduced it to the into the movie i want them to have like coherent thoughts about it yeah i so i uh, i watched another horror movie the other day called black christmas of which there have been three versions of that movie one is from the 70s one is from like 2006 and then one is from like 2019 but in it there are these like sorority girls and they're getting like picked off one by one by like demon succubi frat bros And, like, there's a little bit of, like, a Me Too thing in there. There's, like, some interesting stuff. And if it had just stayed a little, like, if that script had, like, gone through, like, two more drafts, I think it would have been really cool. Because, like, the stuff it was saying about, like, Greek life in college and, like, how frat bros are terrifying and, like, how women, like, deal with it either together or, like, individually i don't know there was like some interesting stuff but i think like this quote-unquote like moment that we're living in is making art that wants to be about that stuff like bad because people are like we have to let everyone know it's about me too and it's like do we like do we have to because like stuff can be informed by the moment we're living in but we don't have to explicitly mention it because then i think it gets like one it's really dated and two like it's so lame. Yeah. I was watching it and I was like, damn, this movie could have been so good. Like, this movie had a cool concept and, like, was interesting. And I loved the end where it was just a bunch of women, like, beating the shit out of, like, some fraternity bros. Like, that was fun. But everything in the middle of it was just, like, too explicit. Like, it was I guess, too like, much. The moral of the story for me is, like, if you're not, like, if you're not interested in having a discussion about feminism, then don't have a discussion about feminism. Don't make that your part of your movie. Yeah. This is a problem that Marvel and all superhero movies will always have because they're trying to reach the widest demographic they can par- possibly reach. Mm-hmm. And so, like, one of the demographics they're trying to, like, sink their little claws into is, like, progressives i think there's like people who will be interested in this take but it's like you don't really want to talk about feminism like you want to make a superhero movie so just like make a superhero movie with a woman in the lead just do that she's like wonder woman's fucking cool like she's really cool and like we deserve to just watch her like be wonder woman but now she's kind of gets like she's not even wonder woman for very much in this movie Are we acknowledging what just happened? I guess we could. Hello, bitches. It's us from the future. My garage band decided to crash on the day after the coup. So we decided that enough was enough. Yeah, we just decided to take a break from this episode, but we're gonna we're picking it back up, right? Yeah. I no. live in Indiana now. Guy is in Indiana. I have issues with this like body swap thing with steve trevor oh because it's implied that they're use or not even implied they explicitly show the other body of a man that steve trevor just like plopped into when diana made her wish diana's not worried about it and steve's not worried about it 
and then they use this man's body for sex like what if he has hpv like i think i think it's like i don't think like because i think steve is inhabiting like i think steve has his own body but like in the mirror it's like a it's like a vampire situation where like but what happened to that man he went to where steve trevor's body was (laughs) that man is effectively dead ambiguous heaven so when diana's like i don't want to renounce my wish and it becomes this emotional thing it is like well that isn't steve and like then it kind of, like, the movie decides to forget about it and then remember it and then forget about it again. And it, like, is weird. Like, that didn't have to happen at all. Well, like, the global problem of this movie is that <laughs> it doesn't really have any stakes and it's not really aware of, like, the impact of any of the actions that happen within it. So, like, what you're saying about, like, how the, like, stakes of Steve Trevor inhabiting random guy's body is, like utterly like ignored by the narrative and similarly this the entire premise of the movie is ignored by the narrative Mm -hmm. every new thing that what's his name does is so utterly and absolutely unfathomable to me i'm not Mm -hmm. usually like the kind of person who struggles with suspending disbelief because i think things are allowed to seem fake like i don't think that that's a problem in the world we literally like write plays (laughs) yeah i write plays (laughs) and i name characters things like worm so i have no problem with the suspension of disbelief i do feel like like I said, this movie doesn't really have a handle on its stakes. So, for example, the movie brings the planet Earth that we live on to the point of nuclear extinction. Like, the missiles are up in the air about mm-hmm. to land on Russia. <laughs> but, and also, it also is confusing. It, it's confusing because with the, with the wish thing, the rules of the wish thing, like, what are the rules of the world? The rules of the wish thing get fucked up really, like, a lot because Barbara Minerva, she gets two wishes, technically, because yeah. because she gets one wish with, like, the dream stone, and then again with Maxwell Lord, and, and, and like, also he doesn't have to be touching people. He doesn't have to be touching, well, at first he has to be touching people, then he doesn't, and then, like, he's kind of, like, works as, like, a genie, where, like, if you do get a wish, you do have to take, get something, uh, taken away in return, and for some, like, sometimes it's, like, your most prized thing, but with other people, it's, like, they just go to jail, like, it's, like, we, it's, like, weird rules, and then, and then the other thing is, like, I'm sure other people's wishes, when he's got the entire world wishing for things, it doesn't make sense anymore, because if he's ending the world, then his goal of, like, being rich doesn't matter anymore because the world is about to end. And then also, like, you probably have other people wishing to be the richest people in the world. And then you also have people probably wishing that their, like, family member isn't sick anymore. But then, like, everyone has to renounce their wishes. And I guess this movie is trying to say something about greed and, like, cheating because you have that, um, beginning with her when she's little and it's like cheating isn't fair blah 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 which has nothing to do like that opening scene has nothing to do with the rest of the movie I don't know why it's in there but then like this whole thing about greed then puts the problem of greed on the individual person because now everyone has to renounce their wish even though they probably wished for like enough money to survive or like a homeless person might have wished to not be homeless anymore and now like to fix the greed of one man the entire society has to like renounce their wishes here's my thing very confusing i don't necessarily have a problem with the internal logic of it being flawed because because i think if (laughs) i think honestly i think if you did that well that could be like an interesting conversation about like the the difference but about like class divides and like what the priorities of the poor versus but my problem is is that anything in the universe is so easily retractable like i said the movie fundamentally lacks stakes because it just anything that is is done can immediately be undone with the opposite of no consequences because you get things back yeah, I mean, that, that guy literally had. wished that his wife would drop dead. It's also, like, ironic. It's also, like, 
kind of ex- kind of like ugly when you think about it in the context of it speaking to the moment and like thinking about how like the greed of the 80s was what led to the climate crisis because mm-hmm. unlike the framing of this movie people can't just go i renounce my wish and undo right. climate change like mm, tea. in the real world when you do a bad thing undoing that bad thing is hard and that's part of the reason we don't do bad things because when we do bad things we have to do the hard work of undoing the bad things and that's like a problem the movie has with like the weird ending where they're like now empathize with the oil baron guy and i'm like i don't really i don't want to want to and and it's a problem superhero movies have in general because it, oftentimes like a superhero's goal isn't to destroy the villainous evil or mitigate the damage but rather to like somehow like get through to the villain like the classic moment mm. is like the hero is holding the gun to the villain's head and the villain's <laughs> like you can't kill me you're too good and then the hero doesn't kill them and like somehow convinces them to stop their plan because of this like weird American idea of like passivity being like the best way to solve problems and and the yeah. only violence to be allowed to be wielded is by the state. It's I guess also years and years of fixing the climate crisis is not as interesting on uh, as a visual medium as just snapping and then having everything get better or snapping and like uh like the thanos snap which was just like boom it's like in it's exciting and they they address that it impacts the world versus at the end of this movie she's just walking around and it's christmas time and i'm like how is everybody not in therapy right now i mean in in real life, like recently there was a coup, um, and there's this this quirky little pandemic occurring, and uh. and these events, even these events that are objectively less significant than like near nuclear apocalypse, mm-hmm. um, like that's like they're they're very significant events, but like nuclear apocalypse, that's like pretty. That big. is a lot. Yeah. They, they're they the kind of things that are going to change our lives forever. They're going to change the way we interact with people and the way we re- we interact with our government and the way we experience fear. Like, these things are hugely impactful to the universe. And mm-hmm. when you make a movie where, like, hugely impactful things have no impact, then what's the point of making the movie? One of the most fundamental tools of screenwriting, like one of the very first things they teach in my screenwriting classes at least, is this idea that like everything should always be as hard as possible for the characters. Like if something comes too easily to the characters, that's like a that's a writing flaw. Because if things are easily attainable, then the movie doesn't exist. Because a movie is effectively just, like, people trying to figure shit out. And so it's kind of frustrating to watch a movie where the answers are directly in front of you. And also, like, not just, like, very clearly the right thing to do, but it makes your life better if you do the right thing. Like, doing the wrong thing makes your life markedly worse. Mm-hmm. like the twin challenge to like everything in this movie is like easily undoable nothing in this movie could happen like the immediate first thought you have when anything in this movie happens is just like <laughs> that just can't happen like the wall randomly popping up oh my god well and then you're like that's traumatic like i watched that and i'm like these people are gonna live for the rest of their lives being afraid that like a river is just gonna pop up wherever they are or that a wall is gonna rise from the ground or that like and and i know it's a comic book movie like i know that it's like a stupid superhero movie however i think that like then it can't try to tell me anything serious about our the world we're living in and that's all i have let's do bitch time let's do bitch time 
it's bitch time, the time when we get to talk about our feelings and there are no consequences for any of our actions. Yay! Ready, set, go. The dreamstone is just really phallic and it's upsetting. Oh. I just kept I, noticing I I moments where they were holding it next to their faces, like the women specific, and I was like, stop. Like, I was watching it with and I kept saying, like, it's so phallic, and every time, like, it was in a scene then, the way people were holding it, we just couldn't stop laughing, because it's like, I don't know, it just, ugh, it was The reason you gross. thought it was phallic was because you were watching it with Stop! You can't say that! I know Cameron's gonna bleep it, so. Yeah. No, it, like, literally was, like, incredibly phallic, like, the, and also I had just been, I had just finished my final girl paper, which is all about, like, stabbing being a phallic thing and like objects that are phallic and so i was just like couldn't i think i was just primed to see it why did the people who did the work for cats to cheetah because yeah that was weird jesus christ also i don't like when this movie tried to convince me that whichever kirsten kristen is present Wig. kristen <laughs> whichever one is present yeah. is ugly i didn't like that the yeah. movie kept trying to tell me that she was ugly um, and then became pretty. Yeah, I did. Have I make did I that. did we get on re- record the note the joke I made yeah. about glasses making people pretty so I never have a chance? Oh, I don't remember. Well, in I case we remember. didn't, glasses make you pretty so people without glass no glasses glasses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're not. You- if, okay, no, let me figure out how to say it. This is what I'm allowed to t- not say things. When you, if you're, if you have glasses, when you, you have the potential to be pretty because all you have to do to be pretty is take off your glasses. But if you're normal looking and you don't have glasses, then you're always as hot as you can ever be because there's nothing to take off. So people with glasses <laughs> check your privilege. Uh, I liked the Steve clothes montage. That was funny. I, th- that was just fun. It was it's just a fun. nice. I think Chris Pine still got it. Um, I liked that Chris Pine. I I liked Chris Pine better than I liked any of this movie. Yeah, agreed. I just yeah. liked his, his. He was just a fun time. Every time he said something, I was kind of yeah. amused himbo he's a himbo and everyone loves a himbo i love himbos he was such a good himbo that's all that's all this movie was weird um it's like campy but like Like not not fun not campy without being fun that's um oh that one scene was gay that one scene was fucking oh yeah that was bait that was bait that was total bait um i think kristen wig and gal gadot peg they definitely both peg each other, and then Wonder Woman definitely pegged Steve Trevor. And I think everyone Steve in this Trevor's movie definitely peg been. Yeah, pegged. and I think everyone in this movie, aside from well, Pedro Pascal is allowed to be naked, but I don't think Maxwell Lord is allowed to be naked. Yeah, but I think everyone else not. in this movie is allowed to be naked, and that's yeah. all I have to say. Not that guy who was like a sexual predator on the streets. That that. Oh Kristen yeah, I just mean the main cast. Death. <laughs> yeah, she really Kristen. beat the. She almost killed that man. Now we're in bitch why. We brought ourselves to bitch why, which we're now in. I think now we're seeing the hollowness that can occur in these superhero movies tenfold. Because I, I like have felt that, like I felt this when I saw Infinity War and Endgame, where I was like, I was in the theater and I saw it. And I was like, whoa, that was fucking awesome. And then, you know, you go home and you watch it, like, a, mo- a couple months later when it's, like, on whatever streaming service. And you're like, wow, that's not as exciting as I remembered it being. And I think part of it is that, like, the movie-going experience. And I think a lot of the things that they really put their energy towards in these superhero movies is the aesthetic and the huge spectacle. So if you have none of that... What else is there to stand on? And I think this movie just really suffers from that. I have other thoughts on... Spectacle without substance. Exactly. My other thing with Kristen Wiig's casting, I saw a lot of specifically male critics saying that they can't take Kristen Wiig seriously as a hot villain. 
because she's in a lot of comedies. And they, and they compare her to, like, the Jamie Foxx in Amazing Spider-Man 2, or Uma Thurman as Catwoman in, I think it's Batman Forever? I can't remember. And they're like, well, you know Jamie Foxx is hot, and you know Uma Thurman is hot, and you know that the glasses are just the thing, and you're waiting for her to become hot, but then when Kristen Wiig gets hot, it feels like Zoolander. And I was like, that's not true. Everyone in Hollywood is hot. That's not the problem. And it's not because she was only in comedies or whatever. It's because her character is inconsistent. And I, I don't know, I think I think relegating women of comedy to, like, uh, being unable to be attractive is stupid. And I think that's also the reason why, like, Rebel Wilson, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, decided to, like, quote-unquote, get hot and lose a bunch of weight because no one was taking her seriously. I think that, like, this is a huge problem. I don't think that it's that Kristen Wiig isn't hot. I think it's that, like, people are sexist. It's the sexism, love. It's the sexism. The other thing, though, her character is inconsistent because she just wants to be popular and liked. And then it doesn't make sense that she is afraid of losing that thing because she it's not that she even wants to be Wonder Woman. It's that she wants to be Diana. And, like, when Diana is saying, like, everything's fine and we can fix this and, like, I, like everything can, like, go back to the way it was. And she's like, I don't want it to go back to the way it was. All that changed is you got better clothes and you got contacts. That's all that changed. And it feels like the most, like, misogynist, like, sexist, like, our women are so vapid that they'll let the world end or something is, like, what it feels like the implication of that character is. When really all that she needed to do is, like, hang out with Diana and maybe, like, go shopping once uh, and have, like, a Stranger Things season three style mall montage and she would have gotten the same result and it doesn't make sense that she goes from like oh i'm hot now to wanting to be an apex predator like those the, it just is yeah. so so confusing because because the uh. whole idea is like the the thing she lost that was so great was her humanity but then like if she's lost her humanity is she the same character yeah also cheetah in the comics is like wonder woman's main villain and i think in this movie she gets kind of relegated to like sidekick to maxwell lord status which is so crazy to me that happened in wonder woman the first one as well like you've got this like scary scientist chick and you think she's gonna be the main villain and then it ends up being um the actor who plays remus lupin um <laughs> he he's like Ares, the god of war or oh. whatever yeah and he like pops in I'm at the very I've never end seen this movie yeah he pops in at the very end and honestly i wonder if it's like we don't want to villainize women or whatever but i am dying to see some like cool sexy like female villains like that's all i want i think a lot of female villains end female up being sidelined to men to the men. And, it's and ended just up like, being like they were just being manipulated. Yeah, and it's like, no, 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 here's the thing. Like, I know, I, I, I kind of am so sick of people being like, women should support other women. And I'm like, not all women, though. Like, all, not, I, I think, like, thinking of anybody or any group of people in an umbrella term like that, or like in an umbrella way like that, is like, there are white women out there who are simply evil. Like, Tommy Laren. I don't support that bitch. I don't need to. Yeah. And I think that, like, by making it so that women villains are inexcusable for their behavior because we have to support all women or whatever is, like, stupid. It's a, it's dumb. And it's, like, she, and also Kristen Wiig in it, she's, like, I have, before this, I had nothing. And I'm, like, okay, I don't need to. Okay, you were a scientist with two degrees a, working for the Smithsonian. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> and and then you get into a point, you get into a place where she calls Wonder Woman out. She's like, even now you're like talking down to me. I just thought it was like an interesting thing that they could have examined more, but they didn't. There's like nothing in this that says anything interesting about women and how they treat each other and how like simply because you're a woman that doesn't mean you're not able to be excused for your like poor behavior. My problem with this movie is that 
well, I mean, I've already said other problems that I have. This is another yeah. problem I have with this movie. I guess it's more oceanic than my other problems. Is that when Wonder Woman 1 came out, it was the only female superhero movie. So it mm-hmm. was, it really, it carried itself a lot on just that. It was the only movie starring a woman superhero. Well, and it was also actually, it was actually quite good. I, I believe that. But it was I, fun. It but was I fun. do... I do think, like, when that movie came out, we all kind of had to support it because it was like, if you don't support it, they're not going to make movies with women in them anymore. Well, and also it was in 2017, so it was right yeah. after the election, and I think people were really, like, in need of something that was bright and lovely and had a woman that wasn't sexualized and she was just kicking ass. Yeah, but then this movie, I think, was kind of riding on that same premise, was like, look, it's a female superhero. Like, people are going to come to see it just for that, and because it's one of two or three movies that came out this whole year, Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of just coasts, and it feels like they underwrote it because they didn't need to... I think what would happen was... That the first one had a lot of this like feminist messaging, and I think this movie wanted to take the feminist messaging, keep that, but then also try to speak on like something bigger and like tackle like try to tackle everything, and then because of that, ended up saying almost nothing. Had the film maybe kind of stayed in its lane and picked one thing that might have kept it feeling like it was related to the first Wonder Woman, I think it might have done better. Like, I like the idea of two women who work in the work, who are working together. If it had stayed that small, also because Cheetah, like, is Wonder Woman's, like, main villain, and you axed everything else, I think it might have been really interesting. And, like, could have actually said something... And maybe been bombshell, but Wonder Woman. And that would have been fine and serviceable. That being said, I think also, like, these DC movies also feel like they're really behind uh, when it comes to, like, how Marvel has, like, created its entire trajectory. But Birds of Prey was really fucking good. I, I don't know. You think that this movie could be made better, but I don't know. I think... I think I... it could have. I would have loved to see... I think this movie planted some seeds that I was like, that would have been fun to watch. Too bad it didn't happen. I'd rather watch superhero movies that are good. Yeah, and I wanted Kristen Wiig to get to, like, expand her range as an actor and play, like, a sexy villain. And unfortunately, all that people walk away from with her is that, like, she looks like a cast member of Cats at the end. (laughs) And that, like, Gal Gadot is a Zionist. (laughs) But, like, and that's a whole other thing. That's all. I just think that this movie is not good, and that makes me sad because all the other Wonder Woman things out there are, like, really old or cartoon. I guess if it's just her and Captain Marvel, it's kind of sad. I don't think either of those are good movies, and I think and they're, they're not good. Yeah, revolve around boring people. I don't know. I want every movie to be as good as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was, Mm, and mm -hmm. no movie ever has been. The problem is, like, picking directors who are too safe about everything. Taika could have directed this movie. Taika and and would have done the camp well. Because Taika gets camp. Why does every superhero movie look exactly the same? And why, why do all the scripts read the same? What's the point of anything at all? <laughs> this is such a different <laughs> episode. We started out all um, quirky and high energy, but but since yeah, this episode slowly... started, I I drove fifteen hours. Yeah. To Indiana, and I just like worked my butt off for a whole week. In conclusion, Stan, Stan, Birds of Prey. I've never seen Birds of Prey. Stan, yeah, Stan. I mean, Birds of Prey is really fun. It's honest. It's just fun. Okay, okay, it's time for the bitch okay. meter. The whole, the reason you've all come today.
for queer, we gave it an NA minus one for bait because that one scene when they're at lunch is super gay and, and then it's then it's not gay. It's boring. And is Wonder Woman so one of the straight. superheroes where like all where the creators are like she's bi actually, but they like don't put it that in? It? Um, it's definitely in the comics. For gender, we gave it a four because women. Because women. For race, we gave it a minus one. Yes, it has Pedro Pascal in it, but it's also like racist um towards people from the Middle East and also like I don't know. It just put, it just rubbed me the wrong way because people right now, like, with the coup and everything are like, oh my god, this, like, doesn't happen. This happens in, like, brown countries. And it's like, ooh, how do you think brown countries got that way? Um, that's all. I have a lot of anger about that. Um, it's racist. And also Gal Gadot's a Zionist. For disability, nothing. Nothing. Doesn't say anything. For body positivity, we gave it the classic NA-1. The other thing I will say is that, like, it's weird to see Gal Gadot with, like, her very skinny arms, like, lifting things. And I just wish that, like, women superheroes got to be, like, jacked. That'd be sexy. Like, if they looked more like Gina Carano. Unfortunately, Gina Carano is, like, transphobic. But she's often hired because she has that kind of, like more masculine like larger build and i just think it would be cool and even wonder woman in the comics like is large like let female superheroes be less femme be dummy thick yeah let them be dummy thick i just think that's so much more interesting thighs save lives for class we gave it nothing actually class was like in this movie yeah oh i think it's because we didn't get to it i would give it a zero okay which gives us a final score of drum roll, please. You better be drumming at home, folks. If you don't drum at home, then you're not a real bitch wise stan. <laughs> Negative one out of ten. Sorry, Wonder Woman. Ooh. Sorry to all women. Sorry to women. Okay, it's time for Harris's hot take. Bring, bring. Oh my god, Harris, hi. Hi, Gaia. <laughs> it's my stupid homo roommate. Oh, it's so nice to hear your voice. I love Aww. you. I love you more. Okay. Harris, <laughs> Harris, what's your hot take on Wonder Woman 1984? Okay. It had so many opportunities to really dive deep into the 80s aesthetic and, like, go all in and it just it just completely abandoned the aesthetics of that greatness right away but i i I, here's here's my hot take about why they did that i think dc just has trouble finding their own voice like completely so they like steal the voice of 80s queer people to, (laughs) to make something good but then they like don't I don't think they trust queer 80s aesthetics enough to think it's it's bankable entirely. So then they just like abandoned it midway through. And that's why it's a bad movie, because you got to got to dive in deep into the 80s. Wow, Harris, you really said everything we said, but better. Yeah, he's right. Oh. <laughs> he's right. He's right. Don't listen to this episode. Just listen just to Harris. Just listen to the hot Harris take. hot take. It's the it's so much better than anything we tried. That was to so say. concise. It was so sexy. Did y'all talk about the, like, sex origins of Wonder Woman? No. No, the the person who created Wonder Woman was, like, <gasps> Oh, yeah! Oh, was, that's like, actually really interesting. Yeah. That's actually hot. I was just referring to the BDSM stuff. <laughs> I didn't know it was yeah. BDSM. I just knew that they were, um, Polly. Well, that's sexy. Yeah. There's a movie about that. We should review that movie. I want to watch that movie. We should watch that movie. I've heard it's, it's good. actually much more interesting than this all right have a happy new year y'all yeah you too all right bye all right bye what are you working on gaia i'm moving in yeah that's a thing (laughs) is 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 it not enough is that not enough no that's enough that's definitely enough um i'm sure i'll regale you with tales i cannot wait for the tales hold your breath folks there will be tales what are you working on? Really, what I'd like to be working on is a nap and, like, scheduling more naps in to my crazy schedule. That's all. That's all. I just want a nap. This week has been insane. Very quirky. 
yeah, very it, quirky of us to like drastically change the energy in the middle of an episode. Very fun. <laughs> Thanks for sticking it out. If anyone uh, listened to the end, <laughs> if anyone listened all the way to the end of this, <sighs> where can people follow you, Gaia? They can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River or at Gaia River Rose, depending on what they want from me. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thadani, T H A D A N I. You can follow the Bitch Why Podcast at Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. Please leave a review and rate us on iTunes. All of the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thank you to our editor and co-producer Cameron and our graphic designer Jillian. Also gay god Cameron. Jillian is straight but also a goddess. Good night. Good night bitches. It took us one week to record this. (laughs)